I'd like for all the children who would like to to come and join me up here. Because it's communion, we have this rail close. You have to go all the way around and this way. And if you're worshiping from home, just move a little closer to your screens. Come on up. Glad to see all of you. How are you, Lucy? Good to see you. Come on down. I was glad everybody was here on time today because we got an extra hour of sleep. And it was wonderful. I hope you got an extra hour of sleep too. Come on up. Well, as I said at the beginning, today is really a special day for Christians. It is All Saints Sunday. It's the day when we remember all of the people who've gone before us and have died. And on the cover of the bulletin, there are the names of people who are members of our church family who've died this year. And we're going to say their names out loud in a few minutes. And on All Saints Day, I think about my parents a lot because both of my parents are gone too. And I have lots of feelings when it comes to a day like today. Sometimes when I think about my parents and other friends I've had who've died, I feel sad because I miss them. And I can't just take my phone and call them anymore. So I'm sad. I'm grieving is another word for that. Sometimes I'm kind of confused. I have a lot of questions like, what is heaven really like? Or what really happens to us after we die? Questions, too, that I bring with me. And then I also bring a lot of joy. As I think about my parents and other people I've loved, and I think about funny stories and things they said that make me laugh, and I think about all the members of our church family who are no longer with us and how much I felt God's love through them, there's so much to make us smile on a day like today. So we can have all sorts of feelings on All Saints Day when we think about people we've loved who aren't with us anymore. But I like to think of this big sanctuary as like the arms of God that hold all of our feelings, whatever they are, and they hold all of us and they remind us that God is always with us and the people we've loved are always with God. So they're here with us too. Let's pray together. Gracious God, on this All Saints Day, we bring into the sanctuary, into this time of worship, all of our feelings. We might feel sadness or anger or confusion. We might feel joy, peace, hope. We might feel all of those things at one time. We bring them with us today. We know that you hold us and comfort us and give us peace. Thank you for all of the loved ones who have gone before us. May they inspire us to be better people here and now, every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. If you are three, four, or five, you can go with Pastor Aaron to Children's Church. And if you're older than that, which many of you are, you can go and sit back with parents or friends. Thanks for listening. I've gotten the question many times over the course of my ministry in many different forms for many different people. Sometimes it's a child asking, what really happens when we die? Or someone asking, what is heaven really like? 
or perhaps a grown-up asking me, what do we really believe about the resurrection? The truth is most of us have lots of questions when it comes to life after death. And what I usually say in response to these questions, depending on the age of the person I'm talking to, is that as a Christian, I believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And because of that, we know that death is not the end, that death is not the final chapter, but there is eternal life that goes beyond death, that God's love is stronger than death and is eternal. And as far as what that looks like and what that form takes place, I think for me there's often more mystery than certainty. But knowing that eternally we are held in God's love and are in communion with the saints is enough for me. And maybe it is for you too. But there's still lots of questions, lots of debate. And all of that has been going on ever since the beginning of the human race. It was going on in Jesus' day. In the first century, there was a lot of debate among religious leaders and scholars about the resurrection and if there was a resurrection and what was it about and what did it look like. And so if we're curious to hear what Jesus might have to say about resurrection, then we want to lean in a little more closely to our text today because Jesus is in a conversation with some people called the Sadducees who had asked him about resurrection. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the Sadducees, if you don't know who they were exactly. They were a particular sect of Jews, different from the Pharisees. They tended to be those who were born into wealthy, aristocratic families, highly educated. They were, you could say, theologically a little bit more conservative. By that, I mean they believed that the only scripture that had any authority were the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. They didn't look to the prophets or the other writings. They certainly didn't look to the oral tradition that surrounded the Torah. And it was because of that that they didn't believe in the resurrection. They couldn't see any case for it in the first five books, the books of Moses. And so Luke makes it very clear when they ask this question of Jesus, they're not asking the question from the heart. When I get these questions as a pastor, it's often being asked from the heart by someone who is grieving and someone who wants to know because of a loved one. But not these Sadducees. Their whole point was to trap Jesus. And the question they ask him is ridiculous and it borders on offensive. It comes out of this one place in the law of Moses, just a few verses where it says, If a man and a woman are married and don't have a child, and the man dies, if he has a younger brother who is still unmarried, it is the responsibility of that next brother to marry the widow so that they might have children, and any children they have would be given the name and the honor of the older brother. It was called Leverite marriage. And so these Sadducees make up this scenario. Let's say this happens seven times over and there are seven brothers and this one woman has been married and passed down to each of the brothers. None of them had any children. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Who will she belong to, in other words? And Jesus responds with two different points. 
And I want to quickly look at each of those responses. His first response, I just love Jesus. And I hope, I'm, I'm sure that's good news as your pastor to hear me say that. <laughs> but his response is so powerful. He turns the whole question on its head and exposes it for the cynical, callous question that it is. Because these Sadducees don't even think about the plight of this woman. This hypothetical situation, they're snickering at her situation. Here they're talking about a system that privileges the life and name of the oldest brother above the lives of the other brothers and certainly above the lives of women in that society. What Jesus says is, in the resurrection, they do not marry, nor are they given in marriage, for they are all like the angels. They're all like children of God. What I hear in that is, in the kingdom of heaven, there is no hierarchy. There is no life that is lifted up as more worthy and more privileged than the others. There is no person who would be passed down as property. No one would be treated as less than in order to lift up someone else. In the kingdom of heaven, they are all children of God. And so these words of Jesus, in addition to giving worth and beauty to the woman at the center of this story, give us some guidance on who we are called to be here and now. For we all know that Jesus talked about the kingdom of, get, of heaven not just as something that happens to us after death, but that is among us even now. That even now we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so we live as, it, as if it is already fully manifest. So we live as those who see all people as children of God who work to dismantle those systems of privilege and hierarchy that value some lives over others. We live in the eternal now of the kingdom of God. When I look at our list of saints whom we name today, these church members who have died this past year, I had the privilege of standing in the pulpit for many of their services of life and resurrection and telling some of their stories and bearing witness to how they lived this out in their own lives. How Dave Mullendore and Walt Johnson treated every client, every customer they were in relationship with, no matter how much or little money they had, as a child of God. How Sarah Stamps valued every girl in her classroom and treated them all with love and respect. How Ruby Fowinkle worked hard as a volunteer to make sure that women had choice and freedom in their own health. So many examples in their lives and how they lived it out here and now can inspire us in our living too. Because even in the midst of this debate, Jesus lifts up and reminds us what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And he goes on with the second part of his answer. And again, brilliant. He knows that these Sadducees are only interested in the first five books of the Bible. So he takes an example from the life of Moses. And he says, when Moses was talking with God at the burning bush, he asked God God's name. And God said, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jesus said, he is the God of the living. He didn't say, 
I, am, I was the God of Abraham or I was the God of Jacob when Jacob was alive. No, God is a God of the living. And in God, they are alive. That is a powerful word and a word of comfort and hope for all of us. I can't explain how it all works, but I do believe that in God, we are in this eternal now. That we are yet connected with those who have gone before us. No, they no longer walk this earth. They no longer inhabit their earthly bodies. They no longer are walking the planet with us. But in God, who is eternal, and in God's love that is eternal, they are alive. Maybe you've sensed that in your own life. There are days when I can hear my mother's voice. There are times when I know exactly what my dad would say. There are ways in which, as a community of faith, all of those who have sat in these pews and sung these hymns and prayed these prayers are still in our midst in God's eternal now. And that is a word of hope and a word of comfort. There are moments I've had in my life, and I've heard from some of you, you've had them too, when I've just touched the oneness of God's love, when I've just gotten a glimpse of the connection of all things in God's universal love. This is one of those spaces, one of those times when we can take in a breath and know God's eternal now. That God's love that we experience here and now in the people we know and love will never end. And one day we will all be in union with God in that eternal love, in some way beyond our imagining. And so today, I hear the words of the Apostle Paul, who lived 2,000 years ago and yet is in the communion of our saints. We can hear his voice saying to us, I am convinced that neither life nor death nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. To which we say, hallelujah.